I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. Maya Angelou. My name is Neil Donaldson, and you are now listening to the Reason With Logic podcast. This is where we have thought-provoking conversations with entrepreneurs, peoples of various walks of life, to gain knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, and to ultimately be curious about ourselves and each other and the worlds we live in. Join us as we reason with logic. I think it's been happening. So, yeah, man, just want to like big you up and thank you for making time to be part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, man, it's really cool to have um, a young voice and a young person who's like eager to, um, you know, to, to to speak up. You know, what I mean, so before we get into it, man, um, I guess let's let's um, talk a bit about yourself. Like, where where are you from? Like, what what community are are you are you in? Most of my life, uh, that's a good question because most of my life I haven't like been stationary in one place for too long. You know, uh, I was born in Toronto, raised mm-hmm. most of my life in Scarborough and Toronto. Right now, I'm just in St. Catharines and Niagara region. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to. F- I'm just chilling, really. That's proper, man. And then, what what's it like being out there as as like um a young black? First of all, do you identify yourself as as a, as a black man? Most definitely, because well, the way I see it, no white person is out on the streets hailing me up and claiming me as one of theirs. So it's kind of one dimensional in that sense. That's powerful. That's powerful. Um, the reason why I was asking that because I was watching this on um, uh, Drake interview um, a while ago. Um, it's one of the recent ones that, that he did, like it was like at his mansion or whatever. And and they asked him like questions, you know, on on race and like you know in terms of like speaking up with social issues and whatnot. And um, and he he responded in um, in the sense of that he associates with being a black man. Like he associates with being black, and I thought that was a really interesting framing of words to use because like associating doesn't necessarily mean that you identify as being black you know what i mean like i can associate with, with white people you know what i mean like i can associate with gang members it doesn't necessarily mean i'm white doesn't necessarily mean i'm a gang member but that's just my association right so yeah. i thought that was, that was cool that, that that you said that you know in terms of like who claims you and where you at and whatever okay cool so now we got that elder weight um yeah man um so I guess like let's talk about you know um, a bit of the music because earlier we had some conversation you know and you know you as as an artist as a as a producer um, you you had a, a interest you know or sorry not interest but you were like really mindful talking about being mindful of the kind of music that you're intaking so can you speak a little bit more to that um, the the way that I saw it it was. When I released my, well, not really my first song, but the first song that really like kind of popped off in my, in my discography, it's called Shimmy. It has like 20K plays and then all my other songs that I feel like I'm actually talking about something like, I'm actually talking about something, they got nowhere near 20K. So it speaks volumes. Like people want to listen to black men talking about shooting each other. But when it come, but but when it comes down to it, when I'm talking about empowering myself and empowering my family, I just don't care for it. Mm-hmm. So when when I 
I took that into consideration when I was listening to music too, because I'm a black man. Why should I be listening to people, a black, other black men rapping about us killing each other? Like it just doesn't make sense. It's just gonna right. stay in my subconscious and and manifest there. You yeah. know. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that that's a real um, great observation, you know, um, and to kind of speak to that, not, not to really go too deep into it, but, you know, like hip hop has been weaponized, you know what I mean? It's not owned by the, the originators of, of the culture. You know, when hip hop came through, it was about providing a voice for those who didn't have a voice, you know, um, to rise up out of oppression. And a lot of times it's doing the exact opposite. You know, because when we had corporations that come into play and all these different factors, um, hip hop is used as a tool. Um, you know, I, I would even say it's, you know, been a tool to facilitate the ideology of white supremacy as well. Because when you're talking about this whole idea of like killing each other and then, you know, you know, and, and making it, it sounds great. But at the same time, there's like this like destructive like undertone to it, you know. So um, I got a big you up for for having that that awareness. And um, I believe like you even listen to like classical music, man. Like, how do you even get in, get into that? Uh, my my dad, he doesn't. It's he doesn't really listen to like classical music, like Beethoven and Bach and all them guys. But he, you know, um, it was like movie soundtrack classical music. So it was like, like, like yeah, yeah, that that orchestral movement, and it was just. Because I'm a very musical person, I just felt I fell in love with the sounds more than words because it's technically it's the same type of movement, but you could you could choose what those sounds mean to you, you know. So, mm. so that interpretive piece, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Because like you know, when I think of classical music, it's um it's more it's more emotional and and it's open for interpretation, like as opposed to having words which words kind of dictate the direction, but it's more of like a feeling. And depending on where you at or how, how in tuned you are with the music, you're gonna feel different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, so yeah, man, that's peace, man. All right, man, so let's just get right into it, man. Um, I'm curious to know, like, what are your perspectives on some of the current events, you know? Like, I wanna hear from, you know, from, from a young person's mindset, you know, who's been just watching, observing, and seeing what's going on. Like, well, what's your take on on all of the, the energy that's been happening? That's a difficult question. It is, yeah. Well, I guess like, so we can start with like your feelings. Like, like where, before we get to the thoughts, like, like how, how are you feeling? Like, you know, like in your heart, in your body, like what what things come up? Uh, in terms of the riots, uh, I don't have much to say when it comes to the riots. First of all, when it, when it comes to martial law, Three months ago, they were moving tanks all across all across the states. They were moving military gear all across the states before this riots even happened. And now there's just tanks in the streets. Something is up that we don't fully understand. Obviously, the government understands. But when it comes to martial law, that's its own piece. That's just weird in its own way. When it comes to the actual George Floyd situation, um, the riots... It's it's really it's it's blurred lines. It's it's a confusing right. situation. It's it could be right, but at the same time, it's not. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like in 
instead of rioting, we should integrate ourselves into the system because mm. we're rioting against the system that hates us. But it's not like we can't be a cop or a lawyer or a judge. Right. You know what I mean, so I feel like protesting and rioting is just is just us either violently or peacefully looking for white looking to people for and looking to white people for answers mm -hmm. like like this is our problem we want you to solve this when right. we we should teach our kids and also just take the initiative to just do it ourselves mm -hmm. yeah no like i i totally hear hear, hear where you're coming from and i agree um I, I kind of feel like, you know, we got to take like a multi-dimensional approach. So it's kind of like all these different factors that play into it. And, you know, like when I think about the riots and stuff like that, it's like, you know, people been protesting, you know, um, peacefully um, and all that for like a, a very long time. Um, you know, people have been trying to integrate in the system for a very long time, including myself, you know. Um, and, you know, it's not an uneasy thing, you know, sometimes you can lose yourself, sometimes things happen and, you know, um, we're talking about like a system that wasn't really designed for these kinds of integrations in the first place, you know? Um, so so there, there is like a lot of, of challenges, but I think like all of it combined, you know, our, our combined efforts will bring attention to it. You know, um, I, I don't agree with like destruction and destroying things or whatever, but, you know, after you've been like, you know, singing and dancing and clapping hands and, trying to get recognition for a long time and nobody's listening, sometimes you got to do extreme things to get attention. And um, now, but when I look at it, like globally, like people are talking about it, you know, I'm, I'm seeing all these different protests that are happening literally globally, you know, um, because of what's happening um, in the States and even out here too, you know, so, um, but I, I agree with like, you know, changing um, in, in, in the systems, you know, I, I think that's really what it's about, like, you know, creating systemic change, you know, um, so right now, you know, in the context of like, you know, anti-black racism and all the suppression right now, we have a lot of people that want to do something, you know what I mean? Like people are kind of like up in the airs or whatever, you know, people want to, um, you know, contribute, try to bring like awareness. I guess like, well, what are some suggestions for, for those who are now, who are just now becoming like in tune to the oppressions that black people have been facing forever? Well, it's like, I'm not mad at all. Like, if, if anything, I'm glad. Like, mm -hmm. people are are walking out of their ignorance and finally seeing the system uh, of injustice for what it is. Um, but at the same time, like, you've had all your life to learn about this, but you've just been projecting it through ignorance, you know? Whoa, whoa, wheel that back, man. You've had your whole life to learn about this, but you've just been rejecting this. What you said, wow, that's, that's facts though, you know, because it's been, it's been around, you know? I, I, I agree, I agree. So like, what, what are, I guess like, you know, like what, what are some like suggestions, you know, do you feel? Um, from the black side or the white side to solve this? Well, you know, like when when it comes to like, you know, systemic and institutional like racism, you know, um, when I think of racism, in, in, you know, in itself, like it really is like a white issue. You know what I mean? Like like when you really get down to it in terms of like the power dynamic, how it's manifested, how how it's, um, 
how, how it works. You know what I mean? So it's like a lot of the, the, the real specific changes like need to occur on, on that side, absolutely. Um, I, I think like as a black community, man, we've been running laps on this topic. We've been talking about it for forever, True. you know? Um, and anytime we get to a place of creating real change, you know, we can talk about all kinds of leaders. We can talk about like the Black Panther Party, P. Newton, or you know, Malcolm X, Martin Luther, and so so many others, you know, um, who have brought enough and came up to to a certain place, and then bad things happen. You know what I mean? So it's like some change needs to happen on on another side. You know what I mean? So I would definitely say, um, you know, like what 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 would be some suggestions, you know, for people on 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 the other side, men who, who want to contribute and, and want, who are now willing to um, create some, like, some change. Um, that's a good question. I feel like it couldn't, definitely couldn't be, like, a, a week of process and it's all good. You know, like, it would take, it would take a long time, not only to do the work, but to figure out a process for that because mm. allies are always great, but you recognizing your white privilege is also great. Using your white privilege is also great, but at the end of the day, we're still getting killed. Mm. So it just sure. it, it 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 would take it would take a long time to figure that out, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and and I, I think you you touch on that on a real value part. It's like, it's not just like, okay, a one-time thing. Like, you know, you do a couple retweets, wear a t-shirt and you're good to go. Uh -huh. Like what I, what I'm hearing is that it's, um, it's really a, a lifestyle change. You know what I mean? It's kind of like how, how you would commit to like, say like working out or, or producing music or whatever, you know, you're not just going to make one beat and done. You know, the whole process, I'm pretty sure you, you, you've made beats that are not hot. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you, but, you, but that doesn't stop you. You got to keep going. There's a trial and error process, right? You got to keep trying to figure out, find a solution. Like you don't, you don't stop at it. It, it becomes part of your everyday life, and I think that's like, like the, the the major, the major key to that. Yeah, man. Um, there's this one meme that that came up that I saw the other day, and it said, that, and I want to get your, your your perspective on this. And it said, I wish America. This can go for us, Canada or anywhere in the world, really. I wish that America would love black people the way they love black culture yeah yeah when you speak on that um well not even that most majority of white people love black culture they love the idea of of being black but what they see through they're just looking through the rabbit hole you know <laughs> it's it's an outside it's an outside view of what happens and they want that for their they want those experiences because it's a thrill or it's exhilarating or it looks cool, whatever, whatever the reason may be. I feel like they, they like our culture, but they don't understand it. And that's, that's step one of the problem, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's like, you know, the whole aspect of like loving our culture, but not loving like the creators, you know, um, it shows like a, a major, like, and dangerous, like disconnect, you yeah. know, um, I think it's I think it's like very very dangerous, you know, because it speaks to the the value of, of black lives, you know, and I think that's really what it's all about, and that's why the whole term Black Lives Matter even came about, you know, um, to say that that our lives matter, you know, because clearly something is manifested as showing an opposite, 
you know, kind of energy. So we have to like, you know, um, do do what we can. You know what I'm saying? So that's um, yeah, man. That, that's that's what's up. Now another thing that I, I want to um touch on is like, so you're a, a young black man, and your mom is white. Mm-hmm. Now I know that you know for there's a lot of people you know um who have like black children and. You know, I'm curious to know, like, when it comes to like anti, anti, um, you know, black racism and topics of such, what does that conversation look like with you and your mother? Uh, I feel like ever since she had my oldest brother, her first son, um, she at first I wasn't there, you know, so like, but I feel like from what I heard she started to become more aware of things as it happened to her sons. So her view, I feel like from what I've heard is that her education on black people is is happening to her son. So she takes it more personally and it's almost like an obligation to educate herself. So when we talk about these things, it's not like a whole new world to her and she's all, and she's always ignorant, you know? I feel like we can have a respectful conversation about it. And, you know, even as a kid, like, not even, not even too long ago, like, grade three to grade six, kids used to be like, yo, you're black and your mom's white. What, how is this working? What? Like, they were just like, just trying to, trying to make a fool out of me, but it's just disrespect and ignorance that also goes not with white parents of black children, but also people who are not biracial looking into that, looking into that aspect of life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so you're saying that like, you know, your, your mom's is, is open to like the conversations and really, you know, um, advocating and, and finding ways to like, you know, resolve some of these like, you know, systemic problems or concerns, you know, um, what are some suggestions? Because I know, you know, for, you know, I've had conversations with, with quite a bit of parents and, you know, for a lot of people, it's like, yo, like having these kind of conversations are, are challenging or difficult to have with their kids. Like they want to relate, they want to connect, but maybe you don't know how, like, you know, um, what, do you have any suggestions, you know, for people, you know, who may want to, you know, talk to their children about, about these topics, you know, who are like, you know, biracial and they may not know how to kind of like, you know, uh, make that happen. Um, to educate yourself. Like it's not hard. <laughs> People are just like, they're just overcomplicating it. It's just read a few books, talk to a few black men and you can get better insight on what mm-hmm. life is. And it's not about you being comfortable talking to your kid. It's your kid being comfortable talking to you. Oh, whoa, whoa, hold on. It's not about you being comfortable to your kid. It's about your kid being comfortable. So you're right. It's about creating that kind of, you know, environment, uh, an intimate kind of space where your kid will feel comfortable. That, that I think that's a, that's a really important question. So, like, the question should be is, like, do your kids feel comfortable talking to you about, you know, anti-black racism or any kind of racial issues. Exactly. I think that's that's pretty cool. So then that being said, do you feel comfortable talking to your mom about anti-black racism topics and issues? Mm-hmm, most definitely. Yeah. And why is that? Like what what was created for you to feel that way? I feel like she she has educated herself enough 
and also she she's teachable in a sense you know like she's teachable. yeah she's open-minded to things like when i when i tell her something and she doesn't understand it and she and i and i break down that experience to her she's gonna be like oh that wasn't racist she's gonna actually recognize it for what it is so i feel like it's just more of a safe safe space for me to go to mm, mm, mm. and i'm curious to know like what how would you feel if you didn't have that kind of ability like you wanted to express the things that are affecting you and she just wasn't getting it like how, how would you feel lost mm. lost is a very strong word especially in the context of you know identity and and just like positioning and whatnot and not having like a parent to talk to i think yeah i can imagine you know a feeling of loss and confusion too you know um so so big up to you and big up to your moms you know for for creating that that, that kind of space you know um i think it's really really powerful um now in the niagara region now i'm really curious to know like like what is that environment like you know as, as a young black person being in the niagara region you know, like the school system, like like what's what's like the overall vibes? Uh, I feel like when it comes to communities, it's not really as as bad as say a bigger city like Chicago, Toronto, or Miami or any of those places. But mm. uh, in the schools, I feel like racism and discrimination against the students isn't really dealt with as it needs to be. Okay. And what, what do you mean by that? Um, for example, um, at the beginning of the second semester, this white kid released a video of him calling another black kid nigger. And like, he just released it and the school knew about it. And it was just like, oh, he must've been drunk or something. You know, so like, it's mm. just that ignorance and blocking out of real life situations that happen to justify something and it's just not dealt with properly. So so these things are, so what happened to this kid? Like so he did that and they just kind of was like, oh well he's chilling. He's chilling. He has no repercussions from that. So really? Mm -hmm. So there's like a, a, a tolerance for 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 you know racial oppressions is what is what I what I'm hearing. Yeah. You know it's it sounds like it's normalized and it's just like you know, I, I, man, I, I wish that would fly in Toronto, man. I'd be at that school so fast. <laughs> um, <laughs> like that, that's just mad. That, that's insane. But it, but it, it, it speaks to the, the, the culture, you know, of, of what's accepted. And, 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 that, and that's crazy. Um, I, I, I personally would love to follow up with that, actually. You know, it would be interesting to like, you know, go to your school, you know, I have no problem. Hey, man, like we can make that happen, <laughs> you know, um, to follow up on that. Like, I, I think... Yeah, I think that's really important, you know, because that's where it starts, because what message are they sending to that that, that young white kid? You know, that could have been a, a moment to teach and to educate. It's um, not only what messages are sent to that white kid, it's what messages are sent to every white kid. It's just like right. when it's, it's not the same extremity, obviously, but it's just like when a cop kills a black man and gets away with it, what is that telling all the other cops? They can do the exact same thing. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, we've been seeing countless um, examples of that, of just like the disregard for black bodies, um, disregard for black lives, you know, and um, and I think that's just where we're at right now, trying to find... Oh, sorry, but disrespect for the black mental state. Mm. Speak more on that. Like, our mental health and a positive mental space for us 
I feel like it exists, but it's really hard to find, you know? Like everywhere you see negativity about black people, you know? And it's it's framed as positivity. It's framed as just a way of life for regular black people. You see right. the guy spending thousands on chains and girls and, you know, getting drunk with women and smoking weed on a boat. And then they'll say, that's where I want to be. But they get the girls, they get the diamonds, they mess with the women, they drink first before even getting enough money to get to that. And you're just trapped in a mental, it's mental slavery, really. Wow. You know, you're saying a lot of profound things and, and you know, when everything that, that you're saying, I, I see those as like, like symptoms, you know, they're, they're responses to like something else, you know, um, sometimes like the things you're talking about are actual responses to trauma, you know, like the drink and the smoke and the women, like whatever, you know, finding ways to, to escape. And sometimes that has like destructive outcomes. So when you're talking about mental health, like you're absolutely right. And to have like safe spaces for us to, to, to do that, you know, um, if you're lucky to have like a like a home, a household, you know, support to do that, that's incredible. But I, I would agree, you know, and and I know speaking from for myself, just as you know, as a black man, and I was a youth at one point, you know, when when you don't have spaces to do that to essentially heal, you know, you're you're always on guard, you're always on edge, and that frustration and all that energy is going to come out or can come out in dysfunctional ways. Um, someone mentioned in, in the, I'm looking at the comments right now. Shout out Donna. Donna was a, um, a good friend of mine. She was um, a, a teacher in, in the TDSB. So she um, knows all about, um, you know, working in, in advocacy and things of that nature. And she um, mentioned to talk about um, Houdini. Do you, are you familiar with the artist Houdini, right? So, you know, I kind of like put all that together. You know, when I think of like the symptoms of, of poverty and the things that come out of that, and people are just trying to like find a better way out of this, like dealing with like the racial oppressions, dealing with like the, you know, the symptoms of poverty, dealing with like everything else in society and, and still trying to rise up out of that. And then never mind dealing with ops and dealing with all these, oh, for those who don't know ops are like, you know, enemies, people that are against you and whatever. Um, dealing with all of these like things and then still balancing mental health. Like, yeah, you know, like that's why when, when you hear the music, it kind of reflects that. Like. Me, because I'm older, I listen to to music, and I really study Toronto, you know, um, music because I'm really invested in, in the culture and what's happening. And and a lot of the times, like what I'm hearing is like a cry for help. You know what I mean? Like most most definitely, like when I hear like the anger, the pain, the always on guard, and like I gotta protect myself or I gotta get this guy before he gets me. Like that's a crazy mindset to always be in. You know, I I know guys that can't leave their house; they gotta like you know jump in an Uber every time. Like yeah. To, that's no way to live and, and what it does for your mental health and not having spaces for that. You know, like, like I want you to, to, to you know, add on to, to, your, to that. What's your perspective? Um, as I was, I was just thinking, like, for young white kids who are just developing, looking in, they don't see that as a cry for help. They just see that as just being a thug or a gangster and they want to popularize that. But when they want to go home and learn how to be a lawyer, it's all cool for them. But yo, I know a couple guys like that, man. That's super facts, yo. <laughs> yeah, like, but for us, it doesn't really matter on your financial state. I feel like the generational trauma it still passes down through everybody. You know, 
Whoa, hold on, man. You're dropping you're dropping a lot of bars right now, man. Generational trauma, man. Like, like speak, speak a little more on that. Like, what, what do you mean by generational trauma? Like, I feel like the majority of Black people living in North America now, either their grandma or their ancestors or their mother or father, they've experienced pain that not majority of white people have experienced. You know what I mean? Like, say, say you're from Jamaica. The only reason she came to North America is because she witnessed a murder or whatever in the middle of Spanish town. Let's say your, your ancestors are from Africa. Well, you were, you were promised a whole land and then you were, your skin was grafted and then you were beat. Your, your dad was raped in front of you. Your mother was lynched. Your sister was fed mm. as alligator bait. The same even, even if you're a first generation or even a, a first generation African or Caribbean person, nobody just comes here for no reason to say it. It's obviously because life wasn't good there. They, they wanted to come to North America, but their kids are still experiencing the same experiences. You know what I mean? Super facts. So it's not really, it's not really going to a greater land. It's just going to the same land with a different name. Yo, that's, that, that's major. Yo, that it just reminded me of like, of like my parents, you know, so like my mom's um came, came to Canada. We were from Jamaica, came, came to Canada, you know, when she was young, you know, like, like under 10. And I remember her telling me stories, you know, um, coming to, to, to Toronto, um, and that was the first time she realized that she had a color. Like she, you know, she was called called nigger and called all kinds of things. Because like in Jamaica, it's just, you know, Jamaica, like out, out of many, one people, that's just the mentality. The black man didn't exist before Europeans came to Africa. Say that again? A black man didn't exist before Europeans came to Africa. We were just men. Mm, deep, deep, yo. Yeah, because I mean, when, when, you, when you really take it in, you know, when we talk about like race, like race is, is a social construct. It's, it's literally like an invention. And as we know, inventions are created to serve purposes, right? So, um, so technically, I mean, like, yeah, like, like race, racism doesn't exist, but because it's been invented and, and, you know, and then inventions have a purpose and it's been fulfilling its, its purpose to create these kind of binaries, to create these like inferiority, superiority complexes. You know, and that's just kind of like what's being played out today. So you're, you're absolutely right. You know, um, for me, I, I always, you know, see myself as, as a human being first and foremost, and then comes all the other titles, you know, being a black man, a father, this, that, whatever, whatever. But in order for us to get to a place of humanity, we have to cut through these layers. Like we can't over skip, we can't skip over the um, anti-black anti racism and, and the oppressions that have been, you know, targeted for, for our community. I know a lot of people want to want to get to the humanity piece, which is true because at the end of the day, we're all part of one family, which is the human family. Mm -hmm. But in order to truly and genuinely get to that understanding, we really have to go through the layers, the layers of oppressions. But we can't we can't skip over it. You know what I mean? We have to go through it, and you no, know, it's it, it's going to be challenging for a lot of people. But you know, if we're really committed to humanity, then this is what what we got to do. You know what I mean? So. So that, that, that's what's up, man. Um, you know, right now, you know, I, I don't want to like, you know, have this go on for, for too, too long. We were at the 30, 31 minute mark. 
Um, and I know we can always do like a part two or whatever, but I like to keep my, my interviews like, you know, somewhat short and sweet, just jam pack information and then boom, we can continue if, if we got to. But um, do you have any, uh, any um, I guess, like last words or any um, thoughts, man, you, you, you want to leave us with? Um, hope or something. I feel like if there's any, if there's any young black men, even growing black black men, for for a matter of fact, uh, don't don't look to white people or other races for answers. Find the answers yourself, and then take action on that. Cause it doesn't start with them; it starts with us. Mm -hmm. Proper, proper, man. And, and, you know, and just to add to, you know, people who be watching and to like, you know, people who identify as allies and whatnot, um, while we do our, our part, man, I, I would like to see allies also bring this information to, to their communities and educate their people and, and awareness. And also, you know, like leverage privilege um, to amplify black voices as, as well. You know, like sometimes all we need to do is just, yo, just open the door and we come through and we will do what we need to do. You know, um, put energy in towards like changing policy. Like we need some like anti-black racism policy that's like literally like law. Like we need to, it needs to be at that level. So like if people are like, you know, acted out this, like, yo, you're gonna get charged. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's the level that we got to bring it to. So when, when I think of like, like white allies, I think like that's a really powerful capacity where, where you know, systemic change can, can happen on, on that level institutionally you know what i mean so on that note man i want to thank you for sharing your your knowledge your wisdom and your understanding and always man reasoning with logic man because that's that, that's really what it what it's all about man you know what i mean you got to come together and build um you know for humanity for for unity but also um for for the justice of the people you know what i mean so again big up moses man you're really living the name eh you, know what I'm saying? you see it <laughs> All right, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And we'll definitely have another conversation again, man. Yeah, most definitely. All right, man. Peace. Peace. And thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed our episode, make sure you hit that subscription button so you can be in tune for following episodes. And we hope that you were able to gain some knowledge, wisdom, and understanding so that we can all reason with logic. Until next time. Peace.